attitude of prayer. Just say, Lord, speak to me today. As I've come before you, I would like to hear a word. Give me a word in this season that will change my life, that will be the better for it in the mighty name of Jesus. At this time also, let's also remember Sister Sylvie, who lost her grandmother today, even though she lived to an old age of 98. Let us pray that the Lord will comfort them, that wherever they are, they have lost the matriarch of their home, but that the Lord will comfort them and be with them. Let it also be a thing of rejoicing that she lived to a long age before going on transiting. We thank the Lord for that. Father Lord, we pray for the family. We pray that you will comfort them in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. We'll stretch a bit before we start our, what I'll talk about. And I've noticed church, we have had new people in church. Am I correct? And we'll just leave and we'll just fellowship with the ones that we know. And the heat hasn't come yet when we start rushing to our cars. So we'll start that within the church. I would like us to rise up, meet one person you don't know, introduce yourself to him, and then come back and sit down before we start the message. If you have not introduced yourself, then there's no way you can be, you have to remain standing. So stand up wherever you have not met before, introduce yourself to him, and you may have your seats. Not your friends, please. Not your friends. Someone you do not know. <laughs> I know you. Oh, I'll go. Hello, brother. Amen. My name is Emmanuel. How are you? Fine. What's My your name, name is Brian. Brian, you're welcome to church. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Hallelujah. If you have greeted one person, you may have your seat. If you have greeted one person, you may have your seat. I think some people got so many people because they're new and it was easy to spot them. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the presence of God. And we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We might not look the same. We might not have the same features, but we're all one in Christ. And provided you're here, you're my brother and you're my sister. That's what God has ordained you to be. Now, I think from the Friday school, I'm not too sure how that happened, but that is also the spirit working. It will be part of what I'll be talking about. And we'll get, we'll get to it later on. But let's start before. If we can just uh, show the screen. I have a picture that I want to show. Or oh, is today also I'm having problems today? Last time I had problems, so I, I, I refuse to play any videos. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Now, what do you see there? I'm not too sure whether it's clear to you, but you can see tanks. Am I correct? And you can see the way they were before and how they are today. God has a way of when I want to give messages. He says, what is in front of you? Talk about it. And the past couple of weeks, I've been having 
discussions on coatings. Okay? And you can see the coatings in that one has, has weighed off. Am I correct? And it has been changed to something else that is new. Okay? So what did they do? They must have done some maintenance. Am I correct? Coating, maintenance on it. Okay? By the time you leave here, don't worry, you have some aspects of engineering. And uh, I'll just explain everything. Now, how did they change that? How did they change that from that to that? There must have been a process that went through. Am I correct? It's not that they came and splashed paint on it. Okay? There must have been a process that went through. Okay? And the reason why the first one is there, it has suffered the test of time. And the process involved a lot of surface preparation. And part of the surface preparation is removing the old coating. Am I correct? Are we together? And how do you remove the whole coating? We have what we call short blasting. Are we together? Short blasting or sand blasting. Can we go to the next slide, please? Now, what happens in, uh, in the next, next point, please, sister? Okay? All right? Now, that is the process that we're talking about. Two things, basically. The short blasting, the surface preparation, and the next one is the recoating that you would have seen that happened happen there. Okay? And... Based on that, in shop blasting, there are different things that is used to shop blast. We have shop blasting, you might have a lot of particles, hard particles that you have. Sand blasting, you might have something that is more tender. Whatever you use depends on what the substrate is. Okay? Shop blasting is for more abrasive, harder materials like steels. For softer materials, maybe plastics, you might use sand blasting. But sand blasting is not good because of inhalation of what you have to do. So it's dependent of what you want to clean, okay? That depends the aggressive media you're going to use. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Now, you have to clean it to a certain level of roughness, okay? The surface must be a little bit rough to take what is going to take on top of it, okay? When I was in university, we had spectrometers, of seams and different things that we will even look under the microscope and see how the coating is looking, looking like. Because the first thing that happens is once you prepare that surface, it must be able to take the next layer of paint. If you don't clean it properly, what happens? The paint will not stay on it. You know the first picture I showed you? You could have just splashed paint on it. It will look white. Am I correct? But will it remain? It won't remain because it needed to go through a process, okay? Sister, can we just go on, and I'll just show you the different levels of what we're talking about. Uh, okay, so that is what we're doing. That is a graph of what we're doing. You have the substrate, which can be steel. The surface preparation that I just explained to you. Then the first coat is the primer. Are we together? And the primer is what sticks to that rough surface. That's why it gives it the protection. Then you have the intermediate layer that you put on top, and then the top coat, which is for aesthetics. It can be red, it can be green, whatever color you want is the beautification on top of it. Are we together? Some, some of you think that painting is an easy job, isn't it? It takes a lot, it takes a lot, it takes a lot for you to paint or to coat things because you're protecting it for corrosion and other things in the atmosphere. So that is just the basic process. And that's why it brings me back to the message I have to talk about. Going back to the basics. Hallelujah. Going back to the basics. From that picture you saw us, 
for that painting to come back to where it was, they had to go back to the basics. Are we together? Now, that is what we're looking at today. Okay? And I'm going to take you through the Bible, and we're going to see, is it only us that is required to go back to the basics? Are we together? Or has God done it in the past himself? And God has had to go back to the basics. He has had to go back and reset. He has had to go back to the drawing board. Are we together? So our text is going to be taken from the book of Genesis. I just have a small time, but please follow me as we, as we go through. Time is limited, but before. Sam, please, can you just read Genesis 1, 27 to 31? Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 31. Please follow on. It's a popular story, but you will know it. Please, go ahead. Genesis 1, verse 27 to 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Okay, thank you very much. We are aware of that story. Now, Sam, please fast forward to Genesis 9, 1 to 3. Fast forward to Genesis 9, verse 1 to 3. Go ahead. Please. Genesis 9, verses 1 to 3. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and, of, on, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. Hallelujah. Did you see those two verses? They are terms that are similar. Be fruitful and multiply. Everything that I've given to you is for you to use. Am I correct? But between that time, between Adam's time, between Adam's time and Noah's time, there was almost 1,650 years. So it's not something that's quite close. What did God have to do? God had to reset the human race. God went back to the drawing board. Am I, am I correct? You know the story. He wiped out the whole world to start afresh. The only people that were saved was Noah and the animals in the ark. Okay? Now, if God can go and start afresh, why can't we go and start afresh also? That means there's a time for us to go back and restart and go back to the basics in what we're doing. Hallelujah. Now, it's a process. I think Pastor Francis gave his message. I think he was talking about restoration. I said it's a process. But going back to the basics is a process. And number one point is you have to plan. Without planning, you cannot go back to the basics of what you're doing. Are we together? Are we together? If you want to lose weight, you must have a plan. Am I correct? Huh? Some people have had very fruitful uh, weight loss programs. Hallelujah. 
Some of us are, are still struggling. God will help us. I'm very encouraged by Brother Daryl. When I see Brother Daryl, now he's slim. But when I asked him and I sat down with him, he had a plan. God had a plan with Noah. He built an ark. If you go to Genesis chapter 6, 13 to 21. Okay, uh, just read the first to 17, uh, Sam, please, if you don't mind. Genesis 6, 13 to, yeah, to 16, yeah. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven uh, yeah. all flesh Thanks. in Thanks, which sir. is the breath of life. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God had a plan. He visualized it. He gave Noah to do it. Am I correct? That tank I showed you in the picture, it's just that you didn't just stand up and just come and say, okay, we're going to go and change it. We had to set a plan. First of all, you had to inspect it and see how far the corrosion had gone. Then you also noticed they would have had to put scaffolding. If I had the video, if I was uh, very uh, bold enough, I would have done a video, but I wasn't sure it was going to play. But you would have seen they would have erected scaffolding. Okay? And they would have had to remove that coating step by step. So for me to go back, I also need to plan. Okay? That's number one. Number two, you have to clean. You saw the mess that was there. You saw the mess on that tank. You have to clean it. And that's why I started explaining to you about short blasting. There's a lot of debris that has to go. In our lives, for us to go back to a reset button, there's a lot of debris that has to go out of our lives. Are we together? It's not something that you just stand up and say, okay, I'm going to go back to reset button without removing certain things. And that's why I talked about the surface preparation. That's why I spoke about it, that it took time. Imagine those pellets impacting on that steel. It comes at a cost. When you're losing weight, it comes at a cost. Your favorite carbohydrates, you can't touch it. Your quantities, you cannot indulge in it. And I'll let me not even add going to the gym. Am I correct? The pain of going to the gym. It comes at a cost. Even when God was resetting human beings, it came at a cost. Sam, Genesis 7, 17 to 21. Genesis 7, 17 to 21. Mm. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle, and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, and every man. Hallelujah. It came at a cost. 
God's creation was wiped out because God wanted to reset. What greater cost can that be? Because he wanted to go back to the basics, it came at a cost. All lives were killed. All lives were died in the flood. For us as Christians, if we're going to go back to where we're coming from, the pristine state, it will come at a cost. I'll warn you that. And you must be willing. In Proverbs 12, 1, it says, whoever loves instruction and loves knowledge, but who hates correction is stupid. Isn't it? That's what the Bible says. After that course comes the third element. Laying the foundation. Am I correct? Laying the foundation. I showed you the primer. Am I correct? That is the foundation. After getting a rough surface, there is no dirt, it's dry, you put in that primer coat. When you go back to the basics, that's what we expect you to go, to go and start having the right foundation. And then build up on that. The tank you saw, by the time you got to the substrate, it cleaned very well, then you put the primer on it and you started building it before it became the white that we had. And you look at it in the story of Noah. I'm interchanging between what we see visibly and the story of Noah. Noah chapter 8, verse 20, 22. Sam, please can you read that? Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Hallelujah. I thank God for Father Noah. Why do I say that? If not because of Noah, you and I will not be here. If not because of Noah, you are not, and I will not be here. I'm not talking about the flood. Yes, it's given. God preserved Noah, isn't it? But when Noah came out of the ark, he knew how to lay a foundation. He gave a burnt offering to God that was so pleasing to God. And what did God say? God said, I will not destroy the earth again by water. I will never clean every, every living creature. Understand what God is saying? Two things. I will not do it by water and I will not destroy the whole human race again. The evil that was done during Noah's time is the same evil that has been done here. So why hasn't God destroyed you and the whole mankind? It's because of the foundation Noah had with God. But that does not stop God from destroying individuals. But the whole of mankind, God said he will not do it again. Because someone laid a good foundation. Imagine Noah just came out of the ark and just did whatever he wanted to do. And we started messing up. God would have just said, okay, I'll do this round two. Maybe fire, I'll just do it. Isn't it? Or I'll do wind and everybody goes. What am I saying? Going back to the basics is to lay a proper foundation. Are we together? It's to lay a proper foundation. It's useless for me to blast that tank, shall blast it, 
and then I come, I don't put the primer, I just go and put the intermediate top coat or the top coat on it, it will peel immediately. The primer has to be there. Are we together? And the fourth part is beautification. When you rise, you put the proper coat, you put the intermediate coat, then you put the top coat. In some places, they call it the gloss finish. Am I correct? You start seeing Christ in your life. You become more Christ-like. The picture saw white shiny, isn't it? That's because, not because of anything, but because of what is under. Because of what has been put there. Are we together? Because of what is below. For you to have that white coat, it was a messy procedure. It was a messy process. If you go to a place where they're painting, the place is not clean. In fact, the people that are doing the painting, you see them all dressed up, they, hazard, they look like a hazmat marks, everything, breathing apparatus. It's a messy environment. Imagine Noah's time. It would have been a messy environment during the flood. I think we saw Gono. Those that were here saw Gono. You saw how messy it is. I, I, came, I, I, I didn't meet it, but the pictures I saw in some of the places, I couldn't believe. So imagine the flood in those days. So the process of going back to the basics is a messy environment. It's a messy scenario. Now, let's move it to our practical purposes. Why do we have difficulties in going back to where God wants us to do? Why do we have difficulties? Number one is fear. Start again. Will I be able to do it? Am I correct? Will I fail again? Maybe you have been trying to do an exam. You have failed one, two, or three times. You're going back. You're afraid. Oh, why do I want to do it again? Hello? Has anyone been there? When you have asked to go back to the beginning, you're afraid. How will you go this time around? Am I going to fail God one more time? That's number one. And that's the lie of the devil. Number two, pride and ego. Pride and ego. Have you ever had a child they ask him to repeat class? Who has repeated in school before? See, that's the problem. All parents will say none of us repeated. We were taking first position in class. <laughs> we were not the last. We were the first. The first thing that hits any child I tell him to repeat a class is his pride and ego gets deflated. Okay, let me do another question. Who cannot swim here? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. They cannot swim, isn't it? The first thing you tell to go and swim, you say, oh, how can I go and swim? You feel a little bit deflated. Now, you go back in Luke 15, 17 to 19. There was somebody that for me, he took out the pride and the ego out of himself. And I'll read that passage, please. It says, Luke 15, 17 to 19. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and he will say to me, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. 
The prodigal son was beautiful. He put aside his ego. He put aside his pride. He used to be the talk of town. But I'm going to go back to my father and say, I am sorry. I want to start with you. Even in the servants. Yeah. If the prodigal son can do that, what stops you and I from going to go and start afresh? Are we together? Don't allow your pride and ego to cheat you. Marriages having issues. Are we there? Major issue is the pride and ego. Am I correct? But what does the Bible say about marriages? Leave and cleave, isn't it? One. Love and submission, isn't it? Two. If you go back to those basics, you cannot get it wrong. But your pride and ego will not allow you. Number three, societal pressures. We live in a world that is so politically correct. That when you go back to the basics, you say, what will they think about me? One thing I find out, even simple things. We go to a restaurant. We don't want to be seen praying over our food. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are we there? You don't want to be seen praying about your food because you want to say, oh, who is this guy? But aren't you required to pray over your food? Regardless if your Muslims are sitting with you or your Hindu friends are sitting, aren't you required to pray over your food? Even if they don't want to pray, they say, excuse me, let me say my prayer. Or you can say a prayer there in front of them and continue eating your food. Are we together? That's a simple example of societal pressure that is not allowing us to go back to the basics of our Christianity. What will people think? I don't care what people will think. I don't care what people will think. That is what God has required me to do. I'm not a fool for going back. The last one is time and cost. You know, if I had a, if I had a very wrong vendor and you give him the contract to do that, in some countries, what he'll just do, he'll just splash the paint, isn't it? And come and present his job. He can't be bothered to clean it. He cannot do anything. He's going to take a shortcut. But going to back to the basics will cost you time and cost. You have to unlearn so many things. I think someone was talking here. Was it here or someone, someone said that uh, he graduated from the University of ROP? Was able to drive, isn't it? And the funny thing is about driving is the same thing everywhere in the world. Some of us learn driving just by maybe a driver just teaching you. We do not know the rules. Driving with one hand on the outside and moving around. Now, when you go to take the test, you can't go and just hold a steering with one hand and put a hand there. What's going to happen? You will fail. You have to learn and learn those bad characteristics. And that will cost you a lot of time. We have built a lot of rubbish, like the rust on that. But we have to unlearn those things. Even the spiritual kingdom. There's so much doctrines that we have taken and imbibed them as the gospel truth. But that's not important. 
We have to unlearn it and say, what does God say? What is the basis of what God says? It's a painful process to start from scratch. Am I correct? It's a painful process. If you're looking for a job and it has not been working left, right, and center, where do you start from? You start from your CV, isn't it? You have to revisit your CV. And you have to start writing it from scratch. Removing what is required, adding what is required. Time. Cost. Who does not know how to ride a bicycle? Hmm, thank you. Thank you. People are being honest. And if I ask you why have you not learned, the easy thing that you tell them is the time. For you to go and start learning, you have to unlearn certain things, isn't it? One of the first things you have to learn is what? Fear. That's why swimming and, uh, and uh, riding a bicycle is better when you're small. <laughs> when you don't have the fear. If you see an adult tell him to swim, oh, he loves his life. A child doesn't love his life, he will just dive in. You are the one to have to hold him, hold him. No, 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 he can't swim. But they want to just jump in. But adult knows the, 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 the life that he has in him. He treasures it. It's the same thing a bicycle. Of course, he has the other excuses. If a bone breaks, it will take you a while to heal. A child will just heal under one month, isn't it? But you have to unlearn certain things. It will take time. It will take time. So I'll just summarize it in four things. What is stopping us from going back to the basics where God has ordained us to be? Is fear, pride, and ego, societal pressure, time, and cost. That's why I love David. David was always going back to God. That's why he was called a man after God's heart. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew thy right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Restore unto me the joy of thy my salvation. David was always willing to start back. And that's why he was called a man after God's heart. Regardless of the blood he had on his hands. All right, let's move on. I'm almost going to get there. So what is required for us to be where God wants us to be? Number one is obedience. Obedience. In Genesis 6.22, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. Regardless of the fear, regardless of the pride and ego, regardless of societal pressures in those days, regardless of the time and cost, Noah did what God asked him to do. Are you doing what God asked you to do? That's my question to you. That's the starting point. Hebrews 5.8, it says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. God put himself through a process of obedience. Are we able to obey God and go back to the basics in what we're required to do? 
You have to remain yielded to him. Number two, you have to be rightly located. You have to be in the right environment. When we're looking at that paint, am I correct? It has to be dry. Have you ever seen them painting when it's wet? Anybody seen them painting when it's wet? No. Sometimes you might even have a housing place that is covered. So it needs to be a dry environment. In your case and my case, for us to remain dry means that we have to remain holy. We have to remain holy. And holiness matters in you being in the right place. Church calls for prayer. You're sleeping. I have nothing to do. Are you in the right place? We just finished a two weeks fast. I'm not going to ask who participated or who did not participate. You participated, you're in the right place. Am I correct? You cannot say you want to lose weight and you're in KFC. Are you in the right place? You're not in the right place. You cannot say you're looking for a job and you're on Facebook. Where would it be on? You'll be on LinkedIn, isn't it? Are we together? You have to be located in the right place. You have to remain dry. Number three. Perseverance. You can't afford to give up. Are we together? Job 23.10. Job said this in Job 23.10. He said this. He knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Job knew the end. And the end means that you can only be better for it. I was happy when I saw people that finished discipleship training. Okay? That's what I'll say. I was coming back to it. They went back to the basics to learn of the word. But they persevered. Sister Mary, I think she gave a testimony, isn't it? I used to take foundation class. Okay, now I'm taking the intermediate. I used to take foundation. I can remember when she came first newly. They used to attend foundation class. And I'll drop them at home. What year is this? How many years ago? Six years or seven years? Six. Five years ago. Five years ago. And she has completed it today. She did not let go. I can remember Brother George and Sister Somikoti. Online during COVID was when we took our classes. COVID was when? 2020, 2021? When? 2024. They stood the ground, they finished. Sister Iron, before COVID, we started, isn't it? Before COVID. But they persevered, and today they're better for it. Are you able to persevere where God wants you to remain? The place where God wants you to learn. Are you able to go back through that cleaning process to start afresh? Or are you going to throw in the towel? James 1, 2-4 says, My brethren, count it all joy 
when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have the perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Number four, about what is required. You need to speak into the situation. You need to speak into that change you want to see. You need to see, you need to speak into that reformation that you're talking about. Ezekiel 37, 7 to 10, I'll read that. Or Sam, can you read that quickly for us, please? Ezekiel Ezekiel 37, verse 7 to 10. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. That situation, God, I'm starting afresh with you, and I know you'll be faithful to see me to the end. You will speak into it. Job said he'll come out as gold. When they told Ezekiel to prophesy into those bones, he prophesied into it. Is it that job issue? I'm going back, I'm going to retrain myself, I'm going to the starting point, but God, I'm going to come out through with it. Is it those children? You're going to go and start with those children again. But they're going to come out right. Is it your marriage? We're starting from the basics, but it must be glorious at the end. You have to speak into your situation, please. This year, you have to speak into your situation. So what is required, I said? Obedience. You have to be rightly located. Perseverance. And speaking into your situation. I will conclude there, okay? And one thing I will find out, God has promised something. And when God has promised, he will do it. Job 2, 25 to 26. So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Hallelujah. This is what God is saying. And I'll read 2 Kings also, verse 8 to 6. And it says, And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her saying, Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. It was restored unto her. Hallelujah. It was restored unto them. God has promised it this year is our year of restoration. Okay? But one thing I'm telling you, restoration is a process. The first process in restoration is going back to the basics. God bless you. The first process in restoration is going back to the basics. Hallelujah. If you want to be restored, you need to go back to the 
basis. Let me just read for you from Psalm 32, and we'll be reading the message version of the Bible. It says, Count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. Get a fresh start. Your slates wipe clean. Count yourself lucky. God holds nothing against you. And you are holding nothing back for him. When you go back to the basis, if you really want your life and everything concerning you to be restored, plan to go back to the basis. Begin the planning now. It won't come like a magic. It won't come without solid foundation. Plan and ensure that you have all the requirements. Don't be scared. When you plan, ensure that you clean up. Have a good foundation. And don't be afraid at all. And don't let the pride and the ego be the order of the day. Don't look at what people are saying in around you. Time is a factor. It's very, very important. And you require to obey the God. That is go back to the basis. You must be in the right place at the right time. Brethren, brethren, perseverance. Don't get tired about it. Decree into it. Speak into it. Prophesy into your into your life, and all that concerns you shall be restored in Jesus' name. Let us be on our feet. It is only Spirit of God that we help you to go back to the basis. I want you to speak to God yourself. Lord, let your Holy Spirit guide me. Let your Holy Spirit be upon me so that I will be able to go back to the right basis of life that God is expected of me, begin to talk to God. When you have the Spirit of God, you'll be able to plan. When the Spirit of God dwells in you, you'll be able to remove all those things that may be a stain. you clean up. And you'll be able to lay the foundation. God, endow me with your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit live in me. Let your Holy Spirit guide me. Let your Holy Spirit take away all the fear, all the pride, all the pressure around. Let your Holy Spirit take them away. Even I should not delay. I should not delay. God, help me, Lord. Help me. Let your Holy Spirit dwell in me so that I continue to be obey you every time. So that I continue to be at the right place at the right time. And I will never get tired. I will never procrastinate in the mighty name of Jesus. This, you have to speak into it. Speak into that situation in your life that, Lord, I want you to restore it for me. Lord, help me, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit help me. Father, we thank you. We bless your name for today's message that, yes, for us to be restored, we need to go back to the basis. Father, help us, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit continue to lead us. Let he continue to guide us. Let him continue to show us the path to follow. Let the word of God be a light to our path in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your son that you have used for us this day. More anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. The depth of your word that you have imparted in him. Father, increase it in the mighty name of Jesus. The analysis that he has given, we want to hear more from him. Father, help him to give more in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We thank you for today's service. The year is running. 
Father, wherever it is required in our life, Father, we pray that you will restore it for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, as we go this week, let your presence go ahead of us in the mighty name of Jesus. All this week, your presence shall never depart from us in Jesus' name. And we remember our members that are not here that have traveled. That, Lord, you will guide them safely in the mighty name of Jesus. And as many that will be planned to travel, Father, be with them as well in Jesus' name. All our activities this year, Father, they are in your hand. As we plan for the beginning of discipleship training and the outing, Father, we pray you will take control in the mighty name of Jesus. You'll be in charge in Jesus' name. And uh, victory night for Monday, Lord, we lay the foundation right now. Let it be a total victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Shall we share the grace together in fellowship? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.